Imagine this. It's the 1950s. You're a young Arkansas boy who's so excited for turkey season that you rush out with your gun, ready to put some food on the table. As you're walking back from a dry hunt, you start to feel an eerie feeling, almost like someone or something is watching you. You continue on regardless. That is, until you hear the sounds of footsteps rushing towards you. You take a step back and turn to run away and take refuge behind a tree clutching your rifle to your chest. You step out away from the tree to continue your trek home and come face to face with a giant ape-like monster. The beast is seven foot tall with brown fur, large claws, and glowing red eyes. You pull up your gun and shoot him right in the chest, the gunshots reverberating all throughout the woods. But the monster only stumbles back despite a point-blank shot. He seems almost unbothered, but you seize the opportunity and run home, barely escaping the clutches of the monster. Sounds like a silly folktale, right? Kind of like how Cody Davis once caught a 75-pound grass carp. You know, that kind of small-town fib. Well, the city of Falk, Arkansas seems to feel differently about this. There are several stories just like this one, and even some proof. This is the story of the Falk monster, also known as the Boggy Creek monster. Coming up, on Unnatural Acts in the Natural State. Brought to you by Mike's Auto and Diesel. Give them a call at 479-234-9513. A maniac. A raving thing. A cruel eye studying you. There is a fifth dimension. Beyond that which is known to man. It is a dimension as vast as space and as timeless as infinity. It is the middle ground between light and shadow, between science and superstition, and it lies between the pit of man's fears and the summit of his knowledge. This is the dimension of imagination. We all go a little mad sometimes. This is Unnatural Acts in the Natural State. Okay, the year is 1971. Bobby Ford and his wife have just moved to Falk, Arkansas. There were rumors told by hunters of a mysterious creature stalking the woods, lurking in the shadows, unable to be successfully killed by anybody. It's tall, like seven foot tall, walks upright like a man, and has brown, almost red fur. Some even say it has glowing red eyes. Now, Bobby Ford doesn't believe this nonsense, so Bobby, after brushing the stories off, starts to notice someone walking around on his property. This was strange to Ford, as he lived in kind of the boonies and pretty far away from people. Pretty soon, he realized this someone who was walking around on his land wasn't a someone at all. It was a something. It checked off all the boxes. It had reddish brown hair. It was tall, had claws, red glowing eyes, walking upright like a man. This was the famed monster that all of the hunters were talking about. This all comes to a head when Bobby's wife, Elizabeth, is relaxing in their new home. She dozes off, enjoying the comfort of the warm Arkansas air and the hymns that the cicadas sing at night. That is, until she's woken up to a long, hairy arm reaching into the window in front of her. She, just as I would in that situation, screams as she sees this giant monster peering into the window. She even describes in detail seeing its glowing red eyes. So Bobby becomes determined to track this monster down and kill it. He gathers up a couple of hunters who were gossiping about the monster, as well as his brother, and they hatch a plan to track down and kill the monster. They ravage the woods surrounding Bobby's house at night, scanning the forest with flashlights pointed right along their guns. This is Arkansas, you guys. Everybody's packing heat, okay? 
They eventually tracked down the monster, identifying it by throwing things like sticks and rocks at the group. Now, it's, it's not like this was some peace-loving earth hippie. No, this thing was trying to hurt these guys. A huge rock goes flying through the woods and smashes into the wall right next to Bobby. If it had actually made contact with Bobby or any of the other guys with him, it would have killed him or at least done some serious damage. Angrily, Bobby scans the forest in the direction the rocks were being thrown from with his flashlight. In doing this, he comes face to face with the Boggy Creek monster. It was just as it was described to him, tall with brown fur, its glowing red eyes, the works. The monster, realizing it had been spotted, ducked out of the way of the light. The party then chased the monster into the woods, ducking and dodging the branches as they ran, hoping to catch up with the monster to put its danger to an end. But the monster moves surprisingly well in the brush. It easily bobs and weaves in and out of the trees and foliage. This seems to be an advantage of the beast. They're kind of fighting behind enemy lions here. But fortunately for the party, the woods thin out and Ford gets another good look at the monster. He estimates that it was easily over 300 pounds. He was scared, just like anybody else in that situation would be, but despite his fear, he raises his shotgun and shoots the beast. The creature is hit and topples over, shaking the ground as he collapses, and the group is ecstatic. They all now have proof to support their claims, and no longer will Bobby have to worry about his wife, right? Well, as they advance upon the dead creature, they hear the sounds of women screaming back at Bobby's home. Elizabeth and the other men's wives scream that there's not just one creature, there's two of them. The men raced back to the house where the women were. They had seen the monster and barricaded themselves inside the house. From the backyard, the men hear it from the front, growling and kicking up brush. They run around and spot the creature just as it's leaving the front porch. It dives into the thick brush as Ford fires again. but. Because of the darkness and the thickness of the foliage, you can't tell if he hit this time. The three couples decide to take shelter in Ford's home that night, taking turns staying awake to keep watch for the monster. The sheriff's department was called and they searched the area, and the only things the officer found were a set of strange tracks and claw marks on the Ford's porch. Whether you believe this story or not, this supposed encounter scared Bobby and Elizabeth Ford so bad that they moved out of their house. After living there for only a week, Unnatural Axe will be right back after this word from our sponsor. Hey man, do you have automotive problems? You gotta stop by Mike's Auto and Diesel at 918 Highway 71 South here in Mina. You know, the building with the wing mural on the side. Mike and Sarah Slay, that's right, their name is Slay. They're your go-to guys for all your automotive repair needs. Mike, a Texas transplant, started working on cars in 1970 in his dad's shop when he was only 7 years old. He rebuilt his first motor when he was only 12. But just because he grew up in his dad's shop in Texas doesn't mean he doesn't know Mina. He's been coming here for years since he was a kid. Mike and Sarah Slay love Mina and the wonderful community here, and they're ready to work for you. He's an ASE certified master, senior L1 advanced level service technician. Now, I don't know what that means myself, but I think it means my man knows his stuff. They do everything from classic cars to modern cars, heavy equipment like tractors to small engines. If you can drive it, they can fix it. He also does stuff like AC and heating, electrical work, and even rebuilds carburetors, which nobody in Mina does. And he does it well, man. Man, are you tired of that six-week waiting time you got with other shops? Mike's Auto and Diesel does it in a day. So get on over there to Mike's Auto and Diesel at 918 Highway 71 South here in Mina. The shop with that big jacked-up car in the front and the angel wing mural on the side of the building. Give them a call at 479-234-9513. 
Again, that's 479-234-9513. Check them out on Facebook at Mike's Auto and Diesel. And ask them about their Dogecoin and cryptocurrency. Man, they're crazy about that stuff. Mike's Auto and Diesel. They slay the competition. Eh? Hey, you see what I did there? Because their last name is Slay? I thought it was funny. Anyway, now back to the show. A journalist named Jim Powell wrote an article that appeared in the newspaper outlining the family's alleged sighting and attack. The next day, both the Texarkana Gazette and the Arkansas Daily published the same follow-up story. It contained the first reference to the name Falk Monster. The Associated Press and United Press International wire services transmitted the article to newspapers across the nation. The story captivated thousands of readers. Then, in 1973, the incident was made into a low-budget movie, The Legend of Boggy Creek, which perpetuated the story to an even larger audience. The movie, filmed in Falk, is a pseudo-documentary thriller about the creature and the town, and it stars some of the eyewitnesses and residents of Falk. Reported sightings of the Falk monster date back as far as 1946, when a resident reported to Miller County Sheriff Leslie Greer that she had seen a strange creature near her home. Sightings of the creature have been reported throughout Falk history, but no sighting has been as famous as the one that gained national attention in 1971. Okay, so I know what you're thinking. Bigfoot, you're better than that. Well, my response to you is, no, I'm not. <laughs> Bigfoot has actually been a pretty sizable part of Arkansas history and, and tourism. People travel from all over to come to Arkansas, specifically to Falk, to hunt Bigfoot. We actually have a pretty big community of Bigfoot hunters here in Arkansas. The Keep Arkansas Beautiful campaign even made a commercial featuring the monster. Well, it was actually an actor dressed up as the monster, but anyway, it's pretty funny. Actually, I'll, I'll leave a link to it in the, in the description of this episode. Anyway, of course we all know that we're not the only state that has a creature like this. There are stories about Bigfoot spanning all across the country, even as far north as Washington. Closer to home though, it's believed that the Boggy Creek monster is the same as the Jonesville monster from Jonesville, Texas. Stories like this have been told time and time again across countries and cultures. In Cherokee folklore in particular, the creatures were supposedly given to the natives by God to help them hunt and gather food, and also to help govern the different hunting areas between the different tribes and factions. They're seen as friendly and helpers to the people. That doesn't really line up with the creatures we see today. The stories of the Boggy Creek monster continually describe them as, quote, aggressive and, and dangerous. They've been known to throw things like sticks and rocks, and even sometimes, like the Ford incident, attack people. Despite this, the Boggy Creek monster is kind of a poster child to Falk. One of the biggest staples of the town is the Monster Mart a gas station themed around the Boggy Creek Monster. This thing is decked out with Bigfoot merch, even sporting a giant sign of the Falk Monster on top of the store, complete with glowing red eyes. There's even a sign on a pole outside of the store of Bigfoot riding a Razorback. Woo pig, right? Inside the store, you'll find tons of Sasquatch memorabilia. As well as this, you'll even find supposedly real foot castings of the Boggy Creek Monster. One of the first of these foot castings was made only a few weeks after the famous Ford incident. A few people in a car were driving through on Highway 71, and supposedly the Falk monster crossed the road, leaving behind footprints as he walked. One of those footprints was casted, and was used as proof of the monster's existence. That's pretty solid evidence, right? Unlike the soybean farmer who supposedly had the monster walk across his property, and casted every single one of his footprints, and he sold every single one of them to tourists. 
So what was the Falk monster? Some people actually renounce that the monster is the same species as Bigfoot. While they are extremely similar, they do have some very distinct differences, namely the red eyes and more primate-like feature like dermal ridges, which is the raised portion of the skin on the ends of your fingers and toes, and the mid-tarsal break, which is the part of the foot that allows you to lift your heel independently, kind of that middle ground between the front and back of your foot. The difference that is most commonly pointed out though is that Bigfoot tracks usually have five toes, while the Boggy Creek monsters only have three. What is peculiar about the Falk monsters tracks is that Arkansas is the only place where they are found with only three toes. Everywhere else has tracks with five toes. This would lead you to believe that there was only one standalone monster that was deformed compared to the other Sasquatches. Either that or like a different breed maybe? I don't know how Sasquatch science works. This would however disprove the story that there was more than one monster as seen in the Ford case. Who knows, maybe this is just a case of a misidentified bear. They are abundant in Arkansas, but if that were true, why do all of these elaborate stories line up with each other? Why is the history so deep, going back to sightings in the 1850s and even further back in Cherokee culture? Whatever the case may be, if I were you, on my next camping, hunting, or hiking trip, I'd think twice about those footsteps I heard in the woods. Hey, thanks for listening to Unnatural Acts in the Natural State. Be sure to follow us and other awesome shows on Facebook, Instagram, MySpace. Well, probably not in MySpace. But check us out. We're the Washita Podcast. That's podcast plural. Also, be sure to check out the other amazing shows at thewashitapodcast.com. That's again, podcast plural. With an S. At the end of it. Someone should really look into that MySpace thing. Brought to you by Mike's Auto and Diesel. Give them a call at 479-234-9513. For research for this episode, I used a few short documentaries and Encyclopedia of Arkansas.net, as well as the movie The Legend of Bucky Creek. I think I've used that website, Encyclopedia of Arkansas.net, as a source for every one of my episodes so far. I gotta, like, send them a fruit basket or something. <laughs> Links for my sources are, as always, in the description. Script written by and all audio production by myself, Trey Youngdahl. Check out my website, treyyoungdahl.com. That's T-R-E-Y-Y-O-U-N-G-D-A-H-L.com. Follow me on Facebook at Trey Youngdahl. Again, that's T-R-E-Y-Y-O-U-N-G-D-A-H-L. Keep the shameless plug going by following me on Instagram at youngish.trey. That's Y-O-U-N-G-I-S-H dot Trey. Thanks for listening, and remember to stay safe and stay spooky.